where did you fall on Loki and Sylvie? Oh. <laughs> what? Not a fan. No. Because it's like, it's not even about the therapy. It's just, that's you, bruh. Is it? Is it? It's self-love. It's self-love. You know? They live different lives. They're just very similar people. Yeah. Same, same, but different, you know? <laughs> Honestly, a great philosophical question on identity. Yeah. I think they've lived different lives, right? They're different people. Like, what would y'all do if you saw a variant of yourself? Like, would you date them? I'm a great person. I would have a wonderful time. We are live with another episode of the Keeg Talks. Today, the Keeg Talks, it's a special, special holiday episode. We're here uh, uh, to celebrate a holiday that uh, brings a lot of people together and in some cases divides people. And that is the Super Bowl 2023. Uh, no, I'm just joking. It's the Valentine's Day episode. It's February 12th, 2023. We're here to talk about the best romances in fiction. Uh, I'm your host, Dimitra Pereira. And if you're watching this live stream, you can see exactly who's on this show. And there's a lot of people. Uh, if you're watching our live stream, it is on twitch.tv slash the Keeg Show or youtube.com slash the Keeg Show. Or you listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. But uh, if you are listening to the podcast, you can't see who I'm talking about. So let me introduce them. First, to my right, if you can see the screen, we got the Just Vibins themselves, Amanda and Dwayne. Amanda, Dwayne, how you guys doing? Good. How are you, man? Doing good. I should I should mention that I have three pairs of couples on this episode. That's that's how I should mention. Amanda and Dwayne are are the just just vibins. Yes, we are the just vibins, and we have Eclipse, who is our just vibin daughter. Uh, you say Calypso? Eclipse. Oh, Eclipse. Ooh. Yeah. She's uh, deciding if she wants to put in her two cents. Uh, but yes, we are just. Eclipse Jasmine. <laughs> we are the Just Vibins. Um, I'm Amanda Dwayne. We are married. Um, we are hitting five years in April. And then we're hitting uh almost yeah, we're hitting nine years together in April too. Yep. So yeah, five years married, nine years together. <laughs> that's that's uh that's a long time. It's very long time. Uh I'm having a quarter life crisis. <laughs> uh I don't want to. I don't want to date myself and uh, uh, say when I had a quarter life crisis, but I've had mine. So uh, <laughs> good luck oh, on no. yours. Good luck on yours. Uh, <laughs> next up, next up, we have uh, we have Nathan and Rachel, the favoring wind and the favoring wife. Hello. Hey. Are you guys the favorings? Uh, someone in one of my comments the other day called us the favoring fam, and I was like, I like that. I can I can work with that. So, I'll, yeah, the favoring fam. I, I've I've had Nathan on the show before, and I've never had Rachel. Um, I'm very excited to be here. I'm glad I'm glad you're here. I feel like like everybody always has like opinions to say, and I'm like, I got to get people on the show to. <laughs> She's know. usually right off camera whenever I am whenever I'm on your podcast. So this is great for her. Now she can just scoot over and on in with the cue cards. Is she is she like? Yeah, they're actually going? all her opinions. I don't. I yeah. no, I have no constant pantomiming. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> tell tell Nathan tell tell them about 
uh, uh, this one time at the carnival where you puked and never mind. I'm going to get too great. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm glad to have both of you here. So thank you so much for showing up. And last but not least, we got the cosplay couple themselves, Justin and Michelle. Hi, we're also jointly known as Adventures in Geekdom. Like Are everyone you? else had like like a cool little joint intro. So I was like, oh yeah, we're Adventures in Geekdom. What's Adventures in Geekdom? It's our separate but joint Instagram account where we chronicle our toy hunting and comic book collecting adventures. If, yeah. if you're watching this live, you can see we we are a we collect. You guys do. If you're watching the live stream, you can see uh, what an amazing background. I don't I have a messy room behind me. So that's why I put up this. Oh, we cleaned the floor. I was like, okay, so the, the video is going to show everything here up. We just got to make sure like it's organized and pretty. Yeah. yeah. Pretty. Um, you don't have to move the camera to your floor. I, I trust you. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to see that. It's just, it's got toys that are being sorted comic books all kinds of stuff we've okay. been collecting for a while so we've accumulated a lot of things Quite the collection yeah and fun yeah. fact our relationship started with the MCU. started with the mcu like one of our first dates was to see like iron man in theaters. the the first iron man yeah the first one okay older than we're we old <laughs> we're you guys have yet to have your quarter life crisis yeah uh, I don't know about that. I, Maybe that I just means you're going to live longer than everybody. I mean, I you're coming up on your midlife crisis. This is so, true. Yeah. This we're, is true. Hashtag I, blessed. I'm hoping you guys live to 200. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Oh, man. <laughs> okay. Bicentennial couple. Yeah. Bicentennial. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That just gave me the picture of Bicentennial Man, like the poster, but with their faces on it. <laughs> That's the Hallmark sequel. That's... Yeah. Oh, God. I forget how that movie ends, so I don't even know. Uh, sadly. Very Beautifully, sadly. but sad. Yeah. Okay. I think oh, ending, but... I think I remember. Yeah, never mind. Um, we could talk about it. We're here to talk about the best romances in fiction. Uh, and we're here to talk about, I mean, maybe some of the worst. Um does anyone have any like huge like pinnacle of like coupledom in anything tv video games comic books movies any sorts of things anything that you guys like do or you know diehard fans of i made an entire video essay about katang from uh guitar and ang from avatar the last airbender so i feel like that is a that is one of my top because that was like a childhood one Mm -hmm. like that's like what got me into like media and fantasy and like that show as a whole so i feel like that like you know like the term o otp one true pairing that is like to this day my one true pairing <laughs> that's interesting does anyone agree i don't watch avatar yeah i i'm very <laughs> new to avatar oh but my justin heart does. i've seen it justin watches avatar he might have an opinion. i don't i don't dispute that <laughs> <laughs> i was toxic and a huge zutara fan oh my worst <laughs> look i get it i get it i acknowledge it's very toxic 
that's literally not like my like one of my glaring like number one like do not consume. <laughs> oh my god. Um, Katara and Aang, they're cute, but I don't know. Wait, I don't know whether it? I would say like they're my OTP. <laughs> I'm trying to think. The O'Connells from the Mummy movies. That's that's my that's my number one. When I think yep. great on screen romances or fandom romances, I'm like that's that's my pinnacle. Would that would that be like a couple that you like you grew up with? Yeah, I think I was like seven the first when when I saw the first movie. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that like formed what I thought a healthy relationship should look like. I'm trying to think at which part it becomes like it is a healthy relationship. That first like will they won't they like butting heads part in the beginning of the movie. Yeah, okay. Well, and then the second movie is just them being a really affectionate marriage, like ten years in. Yeah. I do normal kind of butt heads, like at times, you know? Like I feel like if you just constantly agree on things, it can be like it, it's kind of like a red flag where it's like you don't have any differing opinions at all. Like yeah. your brain yeah, like it, it's kind of like a hmm, like are you actually agreeing or are you just like agreeing because you think that's what I want to hear, you know? Dwayne, uh what do you think about uh, Katara and Aang? Oh, so I'm looking at the box set right now. That's in front of the... Um, oh, yeah. I've been forced to probably watch it how many times through with you? Listen, you've only been forced to watch it like twice. Okay. I've been good to you. Uh, yeah, I was going to say. Um, I'm kind of like... And I know all the Avatar fans are probably going to like not like me for this, but I'm just... I'm not big. I'm not that into it. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, honey, oh, oh no. Uh, Dwayne, okay. what what is your like OTP one true pairing? I think I know what yours is, but Oh, I, what do you think? Okay, I, wanna... I, I think... <laughs> Peter, but I make so many jokes about it. You do, but like I think you I think that like what do you think yours is? I mean, I'm probably just going to agree with you. No, you're not. <laughs> I'm sure you have, like, because I, like, big. You consume things. Big. But, you know, like, I'll have a thought and then it'll just go past me. Oh, no. <laughs> do you, do you want, is it, we can, we can go around the circle and come back. You can think yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Michelle, what's your, do you, do you have one? I do. Uh, I grew up watching Sailor Moon. So for me, it's got to be like Sailor Moon and Tuxedo Mask because he doesn't like really help her, but he supports her. He's like, girl, you got this. Like he comes in when she's down, he throws a rose and he's like, he says something really like witty and snappy, like his one liner. And he's like, I distracted it. You got this girl. Do it. <laughs> you know and then she wins like she gets her strength from love like love from her man love from her friends and I just think they have a really good relationship and we get to see it in the future too spoilers but they they give us a glimpse into their future life and they're ruling together and then they have a kid and it's just incredible like what a relationship Justin do you agree I don't watch Spoiler Moon, but yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Justin is it's not. It's not mine personally, but <laughs> what's yours? Mine is Spider Man 
and Mary Jane. That was what I grew up with, seeing it in the cartoons. I started reading, my first comics were Spider-Man from the 80s. So Spider-Man and Mary Jane were my, my go-to. Um, I even worked into our wedding vows. He did. <laughs> he did. How, how? Did you go upside down? No, no. <laughs> it was just like, I'll always be the Spider-Man to your Mary Jane, or you'll be the Mary Jane to my Spider-Man. I think Spider-Man to my Mary Jane. Yeah, something like that. Even um, though I'm more of a black cat girl, but that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. The, sh- the movies, the TV, the animation, the comics. We even have toys. It's like right here. Uh, yeah, I keep pointing to He's it. He's like, it's right here. This is my couple. Right. This is it. <laughs> this is it. Right there. Packaged and pristine. Yeah. Mitten box. Mitten box. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, here's a question for everybody. Do you guys feel like the couples that you grew up like watching or reading or whatever influenced you guys like through your relationship yeah for sure I want a strong or I want a guy that's gonna support me being like a strong independent woman you know and still like if I need help he's there if I don't need help that's fine you know I mean yeah Justin just has to know how to throw a rose yeah or you know (laughs) and wear a tuxedo yeah like (laughs) You know, I'm. He's working on his one-liners, though. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's working Never on the one-liners. <laughs> he's supportive. He's very supportive. You know, he's yeah. tall, dark, or he's he's dark Not and tall. handsome. <laughs> dark <laughs> and handsome. It's like work. Work. You got to work on your one-liners. I get it. You'd be like, yeah. here's a plant. Have you seen him in a suit, though? Like, oh my god. Oh, there we go. That's a plus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where it's just like, it, tur- it takes anybody and just goes like, bam, suit. Yes. I'm just like, oh my gosh. Where, who are you? I'm married to this? What? <laughs> yeah, I love how you say this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm married to this. <laughs> yeah, like, he's mine. Oh my gosh. What a snack. <laughs> Rachel, what, what couple did you grow up with? Okay. There's a twofold answer to this one. Um, before anything, I was a big Phantom of the Opera fan. Like, I'm talking like when I was three, and I have like memories of kind of having a crush on the Phantom when I was three. So, if you've ever heard the term depressed demon nightmare boy, that was my vibe for a very long time. Um, second answer is Link and Zelda. There's just something about the like, the millennia of like not being able to be together but also still having this bond there's something about it that just always spoke to me but no nathan is my rick o'connell oh do you know how to read uh hieroglyphs i do not it's it's, it was almost a deal breaker in the relationship but we got (laughs) past it (laughs) (laughs) um um were there couples that you guys had grown up with that you definitely did not want to emulate um but uh, not one to emulate but also like still shipped because like i feel like i have a couple of those <laughs> from the 70s. And it, <laughs> i was not a big 70s show person no no oh. okay you saw the 70s show who did you like from there i mean probably the one that's best for us was like kelso and um oh what's her name jackie jackie, jackie. jackie. i would yeah. say like the other one jackie. i feel like I'm Jackie and you're Kelso. Oh my goodness. Why do you feel like I'm Kelso? 
mean, like, you're, like, level-headed, but, like, kind of a little... Do you think I'm level-headed? Oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe you're both, Jackie. We're Maybe. currently watching that 70s show, and they're the most romantic couple. Like, even though they are chaotic teenagers, they are very in love and very cute about it. That's one thing. Like, he, he goes off. Like, he's very romantic. He got me a rose the other day. Like, no reason. Just a rose. You're having like, a bad day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was having a bad day, and he was like, "You want? He, I got this rose for you. Bruh. Like, I, I still have it. It's in a wine bottle. Like, <laughs> like Ceno mask energy right there. Like, he's like, that's a, one of the things where it's like, he's very sweet. I think one of the things that I internalized from like the young couples I did want to emulate, like when I was a kid, this looks like I wanted like somebody very sweet and very thoughtful. And I think that like translated into like the human being I ended up like spending the rest of my life with. But like, as far as like couples that, I 100% do not want to emulate, but still ship anyway. I am a Louie and Lestat girly. <laughs> From through Interview with a Vampire? I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said bad words, but like through and through, <laughs> I'm a Louie and Lestat truther. You you guys can say whatever you want on this show. It's not a family-friendly show. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> You're not going to lose ad, ad revenue from us. I wish I got ad revenue. So good, you know? <laughs> It's like we don't have to worry about sponsors. I am a Louie and Stat Truther. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, that's interview with a vampire, right? Yeah. Um, I have two settings. I have like either the sweetest couples to ever exist or like literally would kill each other. Like there's no in between. Like that's 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 my shipping like parameters where I'm just like, oh, they are actually great and healthy and awesome for each other, or like y'all, I don't think therapy can save you. Like right. where, those where did you fall on Loki and Sylvie? Oh, oh. <laughs> what? what'd you say? Not a fan. Okay. Not a fan. No, because it's like it's not even about the therapy. It's just that's you, bro. <laughs> that's Is it? You. Is it? Self love. It's self love. You know, they have different lives. They're just very similar people. Yeah. Same, same, but different. You know. They have other. Honestly, like, a great philosophical question on identity. Yeah. I think they've lived different lives, right? They're different people. Like, what would y'all do if you saw a variant of yourself? Like, would you date them? I'm a great person. I would have a wonderful time. <laughs> I think for me, it would break down to, like, genetics. Like, is this okay? Yeah, exactly. Like, aren't, like, how genetically, I'm sure they are genetic. They're the same person. They're, like, variations of the same person. I don't think I could like I, I like in my brain I'd be like that's me though you know look if I'm not going to be an advocate for myself who is oh, <laughs> you know exactly it, it, like if I say I won't date me then other people are going to be like well I don't want to date you Dimitri because you wouldn't date you there's, it, I, there's nuance you know like there's like there's nuance to this. <laughs> it's the it's always the most fundamental advice they give anybody like looking for a new relationship. They say, date yourself first. Love yourself. You can't yeah, right exactly until you, you got, love yourself, right? Fall in love with you, or how can you expect someone else to? Yeah. Have you guys seen Rick and Morty? I I hate oh. to. <laughs> There's multiple instances of that same thing coming up, which is the two bets. Right? Yeah. Are they different people? Like they've lived different lives and they have different personalities. They're genetically the same. 
And then yeah. there's the multiple Jerry's. Yeah. Where the Jerry, Jerry like Jerry. walks up, they kiss, and then they go their like, separate ways. I can't. But, it, but even, like, I just, I don't know, man. I think, I don't know. I, I, I remember watching when it happened and I knew because like, you know, structure narratives. I was like, I know this is where this is going, um, but I just don't want it to, but it's going to happen. And then when it did, I paused and I just distinctly remember being like, they did not. <laughs> I was like, they, they did not. Um, and then I just kind of had a moment um, and a semi existential crisis. But like, I, yeah. Yeah. It was a very complicated metaphor for self-acceptance. <laughs> I feel like other ways you could do it. <laughs> I just love how unhinged it was. Like yeah. what a what an um, unhinged choice. It's very yes. Yeah, like it's one of those things where I'm like, that that got greenlit, that that happened, and people paid and oh just showed it to us and I'm here talking about it. Years later, the number of people who said yes to that plot line is yeah. amazing. Like, there's yeah. a lot of hoops you have to go through, and I really think about it. I'm like, it really is remarkable, isn't it? Like, it's, <laughs> it's not that bad compared to the other things they've done on that show. So, I mean, they <gasps> they had an incest baby that grew in space, yeah, yeah, they did. So, the, 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 the Morty Summer incest baby, yeah, that grew in space. Mm. yeah. so. <sighs> That's I mean, really is that weird... what this episode's just going to be? We're going to talk about the moral quandaries of... of... <laughs> the moral quandaries of dating yourself. <laughs> of dating yourself. Well, to bring it to another franchise, like, I, whenever I think of, like, whether or not characters are fundamentally the same, even though they are the same but different, I like to think of, in The Flash, all of the different Harrison Wellses, who are completely different. It's like, I would not put those two Harrison Wells together and say that's the same person. Well, I no. feel like you're experiences do shape who you are but i'm talking about like like kind of like twins right like they're not the same person but they are genetically the same you know what i mean like if you have two twins like just like identical twins they're not going to be like the same human being like they're gonna have their own experiences their own personalities they'll maybe have similarities but they're not gonna be the same person but like that is your genetic equal though like that's still like like that's you, I bro. Feel like Game of Thrones kind of explored that a little bit. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Game of Thrones explored everything. <laughs> I have not. I've never... like siblings, cousins, like aunts, nephews, oh, nephews <laughs> like whatever, dragons. I don't know. You're related it. <laughs> then they're just like it's fine, free game. Like yeah, it's medieval times. It's okay. There's no rules. Uh, there um, should be. <laughs> what are you doing, Step Queen? Oh! <laughs> um, <laughs> I want to. I want to talk about a classic. Uh, a classic couple that that uh, a lot of, if not all of us, grew up on, um, and that's Harley Quinn and the Joker. Um, Michelle, Justin, you guys have. Uh, opinions this is a very unhealthy relationship period like yeah. should not be glorified at all like it's just super toxic super sad um i think she's better off with 
uh, poison ivy. I oh, think that's sure. a healthier relationship for her to be in. And like Joker can just go practice some self love, I guess. You know, <laughs> or him and him and Batman kind of have a thing. So maybe that should be explored instead. <laughs> What's the name of the the single mother that he met in the Harley Quinn show? I love that relationship. Oh yeah, yeah. I still have to watch that show. No spoilers. No spoilers. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. I will say nothing else, but that show's yeah. amazing. I think I, like peer pressure me to watch it. I'm probably just gonna end up binging it in one day. But so uh, I think it's like coming from a person that is a self-proclaimed like either completely healthy or like unhinged. Like Harley Quinn and Joker is one of those relationships where I'm just like I feel like it's too close to like something that could potentially happen in yeah. real life. It's that yeah. that the, the, the you can't suspend your belief enough to be like, oh, it's so unhinged. Like, it's not going to ever happen. Like, because, like, even in the series, like, he knocks her around. He freaking throws her out a window. Like, he does, like, things that are, like, like trigger warning, like, domestic violence shit that can, like, actually happen in real circumstances in real life that are not fantastical. They're not, like, things that are completely outside of the realm of human existence. And it gets so icky and the a power imbalance gets so bad to the point where it's like, I can't root for y'all because there, you, there's a clear power imbalance and there's a clear, like, they're, they're not equal in the unhingedness. Because you can tell that Harley does love Joker more than he loves her. And, like, they're not on equal footing with that and he will and does hurt her. So it's just like, it, ew, like it's just ick. I think that's a really big factor in the like the toxic relationship because I'm also I ship a lot of toxic-ish relationships. This is not one of them. Um, but part of the reason why is because it's like usually it's like the dangerous individual who's dangerous to everybody except the one special person. And it's that special person thing that kind of gives that toxic mate like thing a little bit of that appeal. Um, and that is not the dynamic at all with Harley and Joker. He does not love her there is very little evidence to suggest he anything but maybe just feels a claim towards her and that's major ick major problem and it just makes it it takes it from being a like ooh, this could be toxic and cool till just now she's a victim not an exception exactly. like immediately while you're like... talking uh, so, so, so sorry continue i was just gonna say immediately while she was talking i thought uh kylo and ray like that's it. Like the part of the appeal there is that Ray is an exception to his like dark side evil. Like he, she's the one he's treating nicely, but that's not the same kind of dynamic with Harley and Joker. It's not like oh, the and person I, who softens my heart. No. And I feel like one of the things too is like again autonomy in the situation, especially when it comes to like female and femme presenting characters, because again, it is so common in real life to have like these domestic situations, and not to say that it doesn't happen in men, it does. Um, and it can happen in any kind of relationship, straight, gay, whatever. But, like, especially, like, statistic-wise, when you see, like, the constant, like, this is how it normally happens, I think one of the appeals when it comes to the quote-unquote toxic relationships that women are attracted to in fiction is the control and autonomy they have in the way that they are perceived. You know, if that makes any sense. Where it's just, like, your Beauty and the Beast situations. If you're a Kylo Ren girly, if you're a, like, you still in your own consumption of that media have the autonomy to essentially know that what you're watching is fiction and that it's not gonna again it's outside of the realm of like things that can happen um but when it comes to something like harley quinn or when it comes to media that is 
not essentially targeted maybe toward women or toward people who are femme presenting there come there kind of comes an angle and an air of like again she's a victim not an exception where it's just like it's kind of brutalizing her and not in a way that can be like when when you can kind of suspend your disbelief if that makes any sense it's not an escapist narrative it's not a place to go to and rewrite the narrative that you would have in real life like in a beauty and the beast of like being able to save the toxic partner or being able to uh, have things in somehow that goal of ending in a healthy way like it doesn't it doesn't fit any of those ways that we engage with fantasy yes and again too like i think another thing is compromise too where like in a lot of these situations a lot of the times the partners do change for each other and do things for each other and do try to be better partners to each other and that doesn't happen with Harley and Joker. Joker doesn't change. Joker just doesn't want to change. Joker doesn't want to change things for Harley and Harley changed everything for Joker. Like, so there's no sense of balance there. Yeah. I think everybody wants a Bonnie and Clyde relationship. People like like to see it, right? Like Bonnie and Clyde against the world, right? Um, but Joker and Harley aren't Bonnie and Clyde. No. Like yeah. in Harley's mind, yeah back then right like it's them against the bat against gotham doing their thing uh but joker is just joker first and foremost yeah and that's what makes the difference uh i remember back in the myspace days it was oh. it was a lot of like well because like when heath ledger played the joker and like everybody loved heath ledger and everybody loved the joker and like everybody loved the dark knight uh harley isn't in that movie but people like all the Halloween costumes and like couples costumes and all that stuff was a lot of Joker and Harley. And then that like rose really quickly to like couples back then. Couples and again, there was what they called it like, oh, what's couple goals. Yeah. And it's like, no, that is not, <laughs> no, no, thank you. Wait, if you know, no. Yeah. Yeah. Not couple goals uh, yeah. at all. Um, were there any sitcoms that you guys like watched growing up? Uh, oh, like I don't know, Boy Meets World, for instance. Uh, or uh, you know, every sitcom has like on and off again couples and that sort of thing. Like, any of those stand out to you? Does Wizards of Waverly Place count as a sitcom? Yeah, yeah, I feel like it does because there's like an audience and there's a like, laugh track, and yeah. It's it's the sitcom format, the the family with the quirky dynamic going through their day-to-day misadventures. Yeah, that that I grew up on Wizards and like Alex and Mason and also uh, Justin and Juliet like broke my heart. Like shattered it into pieces. I felt like I had gone through something and I was like 12. <laughs> like <laughs> and I had a chip up until that point. But whenever something would happen in those relationships, I was like like i I was a mess so yeah those are my two uh sitcom relationships that destroyed me uh that and hannah montana and uh what's his name jake like miley and jake that also i felt betrayed like when he cheated on her i felt like i got cheated on and i was like 13 (laughs) so a lot of disney channel yes dwayne mcguire and gordo good disney channel one Lisa McGuire and Gordo. I never liked them together. Neither they were good I. as they were good as friends, but I did not. 
you know, as as someone who has watched every episode of Lizzie McGuire, uh, you know, uh, no, nah, wasn't a big fan of those two. I've never revisited it, so I I'll have well, I haven't I haven't either of an eight year old. Yeah, I haven't either. But I watched the movie, and at the I think at the end of the movie they kiss. Maybe they they did they. I don't they know. Did. I think so. Was he? I don't remember. No, Miranda wasn't in the movie. He was. Miranda wasn't. Ah. Oh. No, Miranda wasn't in it. I wanted her. I wanted her to to get a boyfriend. Uh, and that boyfriend would be me. I <laughs> <laughs> had a crush on Elaine. Oh no. She was great. Um. Uh. Wait, Dwayne. Though, Dwayne, did you grow up with Disney Channel? Not really. No. What What were you watching back then? Around that time. I was mm, all right. So we we're talking about maybe preteen, teen. Yeah. Goodness. Um, it's probably really bad, but I was that kid that was outside from like sun up to sundown. That like, <laughs> it's like just to like drink some water and get like a sandwich and then go back out and play with your friends at the transformer. Okay. Like, yeah, I was that kid. I didn't. So, I didn't watch a well, lot of. But like, what did what, when you watch stuff? Like, did you watch like iCarly and stuff? I mean, yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. You got like our Carly, and then you got um, what else? You got like Sam and Cat and all that fun yeah, stuff. I'm sure you've like do like if like for example, like for I Carly, like were you like a? Carly I mean, I was and... like Carly and Freddie, but like I uh, see, like it, that's yeah, yeah. So like, I mean, okay, you, yeah. Or like a Sam and Freddie truther. No, because Sam and well, I mean, even though if there was really gonna be a relationship, it was gonna be Sam and Freddie, because like. They kind of really did like each other. They dated the long... I think they dated longer than Carly and Freddie. Yeah, because, like, Carly just liked Freddie because he saved her. Yeah. Like, what, that was what, a... Wait, saved her from watch... what? I've never watched the show. Oh, she, got, she almost got hit by a taco bus. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, he pushed her out of the way and he broke his arm or his leg, right? And yeah. And then, like, she was like, oh, you know, like, you're my hero. And then they, you know... They had, like, a two-episode relationship. And then, like... And then, like, the whole Sam and Freddy thing was, like, they were both embarrassed because they had never kissed anybody, so they became, like, each other's first. And then they, you know, the relationship kind of popped off with, like, with the banter and hate of each other kind of turned into... I mean, Sam definitely bullied him. <laughs> yeah, but it was probably out of, like... But it was also, like, they were, like, 12. Yeah. So, like, how... Yeah, like, they were, like, kids, so just, like, what kids are not jerks, you know? But... Um, except for the freaking butter sock, that was yeah, that was cold. <laughs> what is iCarly? A... Has anyone here watched iCarly? Some of it, but I didn't watch enough to get super invested. I was, I was more of a Zoe one hundred and one girly for a time. Oh, yeah. you saw Zoe the whole one, chase, right? yeah, Chase and Zoe. Yeah. I was a Chase and Zoe stand for the longest time. Well, by longest time, I mean the like three months that I was remembering watching the show. <laughs> What about Victorious? Oh my god. Mm. Okay, Victorious, I didn't... You see, I was not a huge shipper in Victorious because, like, I was a little bit older when, like, it came out. So, like, I was yeah. in, like, my early teens to, like, mid-teens. And then, like, I know we had, like, Beck and... uh, Oh gosh, Jade. Jade. Yeah, Beck and Jade. We had... Mm. we. They dated random people, but they weren't really like. And then we had Robbie and um Cat, but like Robbie was a creep, and like we talked about. Is he the that, guy with like, the puppet? 
You yeah. Know? Robbie had, well, Robbie was a creep. Like, Robbie, because, like, he, he would, like, puppet Rex, and then Rex would say really out-of-pocket things. So he was just, like, harassing people with this puppet. So, yeah, no, I don't ship Robbie with anyone. I ship Robbie with getting therapy. Um, That's because fair. he did not need to be around women or anyone. Yeah. Um, and then we had Beck and Jade that Jade just were like the that couple that were yeah. like on and off. But I don't know. I feel like if uh, Victorious was ma- made now, Jade and Tori would have like gotten together. Oh, for sure. It would have um, been an enemy. <laughs> uh, Justin and Michelle, what were like, do you guys have any like sitcoms uh, that like really stood out to you? It's like, boy, I don't know if you guys, do you guys watch Boy Meets World? Because like, no. Um uh, our jam. Like no. I felt I don't know. Well, we're a lot older, like so all that iCarly Zoe 101, like Wizards of Waverly, that is like too young. Like we were way old when that stuff came out. Yeah, I don't want to date we're dating myself, ourselves. But we're... I grew up watching like we're talking preteen like preteens. I... Saved by the I Bell? Was... I watched Saved by the Bell. That was that was one of my. I shows. was not into that. Clarissa explains it all. Was that no, one? Not. Like, oh, I, I watched was... Clarissa explains it all. Yeah, I watched that one. I watched Clarissa explains it all and um, Hey Dude. I think they were both on. I didn't say around that. the same time. Yeah. Yeah, those were the sitcoms like I watched. Yeah, I was. I was the same. I was outside a lot. I grew up in a household yeah. that didn't have cable. Yeah. yeah. We were I was watching like whatever was on. So I grew up watching like The Simpsons and and what was it? See, oh yeah, that one was on Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah, Saturday morning. Uh, we didn't have Disney Channel. We didn't have any of the yeah. cable stations. So I literally was outside playing until my parents called me in. Yeah, same. <laughs> I didn't have cable until fifth grade, so I had like just regular TV. So I, I mean, I watched a lot of TV growing up. Um, but well, here's something for you two. Uh, growing up on X Men, what what are what are what are your uh, big X couples? Well, I mean, obviously the most iconic is Rogan Gambit. Period. Icons like that is couples goals. Like he can't touch her, but he still loves her, and so he literally loves her for who she is. So there's like no, I mean, they're they're. Sh- he wants a physical connection, but he's, like, he's willing to work, risk it all. Yeah, he's he's like, I'll be in a coma for you, girl, <laughs> like for a kid, <laughs> you know. I mean, That's great, yeah. yeah. I also really this con this is a little controversial, but I like Jean Grey and Wolverine together. Okay, something okay. about a bad boy. Just I don't know. I feel like Scott's a Boy Scout. Like, yeah, he's the nice guy. But there's something about a bad boy. In an ideal world, which is kind of happening in comics now, I like that all three of them are kind of in this polyamorous relationship. Like, they figured out their stuff. They all love each other. Something. What'd you say, Amanda? Didn't that happen? Like, didn't, isn't Wolverine in like a relationship like, did I just imagine that? No, uh, one, there's like a, it, it's like alluded to in some of the panels, but not explicitly said that they have like <laughs> adjoining rooms yeah. And that sometimes Scott and uh, uh, Logan go off together. Like, there's there's a lot of things getting implied, but not directly said, including with uh, Emma Frost, too. 
Like they're all four of them are all. I love that. Yeah. I was that. I was squinting my eyes. I was like, hmm, this smells fruity. <laughs> they, <laughs> so, <laughs> in the comics, in the comics, they have like a floor plan of like the summer house, the summer's house on the moon. And so I think Jean's room is in between uh, Scott's room and Logan's room, and they have adjoining doors. Convenient, Jean. Go off, girl. Go catch your man. Like, what do I feel like tonight? Mm, Let's see. Honestly, I love that she just has her own room. Yeah. That too. Yeah. Um, Holding back so many innuendos. This, this, uh, (laughs) <laughs> this actually brings up a good point because like so currently in the comics with x-men like like they have the resurrection protocols which allow them to essentially live forever and they they are relatively safe on their mutant island um do you feel like living forever affects relationships yeah yeah for and sure addressed like in some media because sometimes they just completely ignore it like Sometimes it's it's a non-issue. I'm like, I feel like it's kind of an issue because like one of y'all is gonna stay like 25 forever and the other one's like clearly gonna age. Like, but I feel like it like again, we don't have like any real life reference for this because like ain't nobody living forever that I know of. But like if we I think the closest thing would probably be like age gaps, where it's just like if you have a different lived experience than someone else, or you've been around longer than someone else, or you're from a different generation, I feel like that inherently like affects the way that your relationship works. There's yeah. a specific instance in the comics. Um, spoilers if y'all are not caught up, but um Sink and uh Wolverine, Laura, Wolverine go on well there's also darwin too but so the three of them go on this mission into this vault where time is different and they laura and sink live out this entire life together like they fall in love they go through like hell and everything and their whole mission is to get information about this vault and come back and so darwin i think gets taken out pretty early in it and it's just the two of them left and as they're escaping like Laura dies to allow Sink to survive and become resurrected because they have to in the vault if you die they can't resurrect you like you have to get out so somehow like he he lives and she dies and when he's resurrected he remembers everything like everything and she doesn't remember she remembers nothing like so when she gets resurrected he still has all these feelings for her and she doesn't remember she's just like oh yeah my buddy my buddy sink like yeah we had a good time in there right and he's just like oh my god like I love you and he internally pines for her and it's just it's sad because he's he's young like he's young again but he has lived this older life and so he's living with all these memories and feelings of her and so it's it's like actually pretty tragic you know so yeah like I think that that effect for the whole like eternal life and like lasting relationships is like that's something that you might have to consider when getting resurrected you know yeah you know if any of us have to deal with that you know think, <laughs> you know keep that in your mind in the back of your mind yeah <laughs> so i think it's a little bit of a downer but i was just like this is a crazy story i loved it oh my god that plays into a little it. bit of like emotional growth and development right because like if you look at the fifth element 
Lilu is thousands of years old, but she has the like emotional wherewithal of at best like an early tw- at best an early 20s because she there's so much she doesn't have exposure to and she doesn't have that like maturity or experience to connect to it in spite of the fact that she's technically the closest thing we've got to an immortal being in that universe um so but like it's it's just interesting how that dynamic is completely different than you would normally expect for that because that's like what you what you say about like the lived experience is a major factor into that sense of eternal so if you experience like serious arrested development like it's like you're eternal but you're not really maturing past a certain point then that might really impact the kind of person that you can connect to it's kind of like the whole like thor and jane thing at least like talking like mcu standards where Mm -hmm. it's like he's kind of like this perpetual like frat boy like he's like 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 a thousand like years old or something or like over a thousand years old but like at best he's like mentally 30 (laughs) like he's just like not he hasn't really progressed into like an old like wisdom bearing old man he's not he doesn't have really the especially since Asgardians also like they're aliens like they age differently and so like he's he's yeah chronologically thousands of years old but like that's not a thousand year old dude you know like versus like say like you have something like like for instance twilight which like i'm like like that whole edward and bella gives me massive amounts of ick for a different reason because a bella's a minor and like and the thing too where it's like supposedly like according to stephanie like the vampires don't mentally age but we have evidence that they do like we have narrative evidence that they do get older and that they do like mentally think in ways that not 17 year old things especially with the fact that like edward also refers to bella's peers as children so it's just like eh. like it, it's like we- i'm not dating a child but everybody her age is a child exactly yeah like that that kind of thing where i'm just like okay so he looks 17 quote unquote he sounds 17 quote unquote he does not think or act like a 17 year old and that's the creepy part yeah. where it's just like very clear that edward is not 17 do you think these tropes exist to sort of feed into discomfort about maturity levels that we experience especially as like teenagers but i feel like on uh, the two hand on like two sides of it you have that that sensation of being old at heart and it's like okay well i feel so old at heart i feel more mature than i am therefore i want to uh i want to hear the story of somebody who's got a literal reason for being more mature than they look like they should be and then on the flip side of that it could be the oh all of my peers are so immature i don't connect with any of them i'd really like to find somebody who's just more adult at this age and so hence the fantasy of falling in love with somebody who's literally an adult even though they're young uh i I kind of wonder if those are the like those are the two main like wish fulfillment or um, inexact feelings that are being explored there i feel like i feel like it's continue sorry oh i was just gonna say i feel like it uh a lot of the time it's a male author being like oh damn i'm aging i'm gonna write a character that can date teens like forever Mm -hmm. and but sometimes it's also female authors that do it too where Mm. it's just like like again like stephanie is a grown woman doing this yeah and i feel like i feel like it's two different angles of wish fulfillment if that makes any sense and i feel like the fulfillment on the end of 
someone like Stephanie, where it's just like, oh, this one singular human person is so special and so different and so outside of like the normal like scope of humanity that this immortal dazzling creature um somehow finds interest in someone so quote-unquote mundane if that makes any sense where it's like you are like like bella is one of those characters where you're supposed to kind of step into her shoes and be like i'm so special i'm so different i'm so like unlike other girls and unlike other people that this beautiful amazing creature has fallen in love with me Mm -hmm. like i think that's where that comes from and if you flip it though saying here's two examples of characters that i'm referring to um the oh my god i can't remember her name but from interview with the vampire uh the young Uh, claudia yeah claudia 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 is an eternal being who is forever in a young child's body same as sprite from eternals she's an eternal being who is also living in a child's body but both of them go through all of these adult experiences yet they are not physically allowed to grow you know and that's tragedy of it too where it's like those two characters are very tragic characters and sprite uh, at least in the movie gets the opportunity to start being able to grow up but claudia doesn't Mm -hmm. and claudia dies before she ever even could conceptualize that chance and it just won't happen for her and in every single iteration including like the most recent one there's like a whole monologue that she talks to like her father's she talks to Louis and Lassat she's just like who am I supposed to love who's gonna love me it's either gonna be children and I'm not a child or it's gonna be gross old men and it's like we know the implications of that so like what am I supposed to do you have each other and I have no one and that is another kind of angle that doesn't really get explored in these quote-unquote immortal narratives but when it does like you kind of see the horror of it because what happens when you're perpetually a teenager perpetually in your early 20s and everyone around you regardless of being way younger than you sees you as someone below them and how are you supposed to be taken seriously how are you supposed to find a partner how are you supposed to go about life knowing that you are significantly older than everyone around you, but nobody thinks you are. I think it's really interesting that most examples of being able to explore, like, because on the one hand, you have these ones that we just mentioned that, like, basically deify youth. It's the, oh, look at all the wonderfulness and the beauty of this person who is perpetually an upper teenager and early 20s, and all the ones that are, like, that show the, the, the horror of that they all have to be prepubescent or barely teenagers. Mm-hmm. Um, the only male example I can think of it off the top of my head is five in Umbrella Academy. Um, but mm. what I'd love to see, I'd love to see a writer have the bravery to show that in an early 20s character. Like, hey, you're stuck in your early 20s and your your body is starting to not look work right or your body's starting to do weird things and your temper's wrong and you don't fit in with folks quite the same way yet and you're stuck like that somehow. Like, <laughs> You, you're not stuck feeling perpetually pretty. You're stuck feeling perpetually in Awkward. Awkward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like in the, right before feeling like an adult. <clears throat> and I think that'd be really interesting. Like um, I, in my brain, like my frontal lobe, one day I woke up at the age of 25 and I was like, stuff makes sense. I was like, <laughs> like, I didn't believe people. I was just like, I'm going to be an idiot forever. I was like, I just, I'm going to think like a kid forever. And then people think that like, oh, you hit 18 and your brain's done. And it's not. Um, it's coming from a person who has been 18. It's not done. Um, I Even though I was not necessarily stupid, I was an idiot. And like, 
you kind of wake up one day at the age of 25 and I remember having a conversation. I was like, I'd be pissed if I was stuck at 18 for the rest of my life. Like, I'd be so mad because like, you're not, you're still not very comfortable with yourself. Even if you're quote unquote, legally an adult or you are quote unquote, physically developed enough that you could go out and not have to buy kids clothes. Like you're still like 18, 19, 20, 21, even 22. Like, again, stuff didn't start making sense until last year. Like, <laughs> Context and sense of perspective just don't exist before that age. No. Like, right. Well, that's why it's always the end of the world. Everything that, like, happens to you when you're younger. It's like, ah. you know, your first oh. love leaves. That's, like, the only love you will ever have in your life. Mm-hmm. You know? There's a hurt there. of- And it's not, it's not like the- not real, oh, right? It's so tragic. Yeah. It hurts so much, and you're like, oh my god, my life is over. Oh. Yeah. But it's not. It's not. Yeah. Uh, qu- question for everybody. I, I want to know everybody's answers. What would be the best age if you had to stunt your growth? If you had to gain immortality at a certain age? For you specifically, what age would that be? 27. Yeah, 25, ready to thrive. Yeah. I'm ready. Twenty-five. Yeah, I agree. Twenty-five. That whole twenty-five to twenty-eight window is a really sweet spot window. You're cooked. You're done. You can be taken out of the oven, but like you're you're not like staling or anything yet. Your knees don't hurt for random reasons yet. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I would actually say an older. I would say thirty-two. Because you're like you're old enough to be taken seriously at like a company that's true yeah you're still young enough to be able to yeah. advance you're not a 20 something yeah you're not 20 somethings in the professional workplace aren't always taken seriously that's true so once you hit that like 30 early 30s people start taking you more seriously yeah 30 flirty and thriving and you're still young enough to keep up with the young bucks yeah <laughs> yeah so these are the last two years of me being interesting <laughs> thanks for the warning <laughs> uh i i would I, I feel like it would be whatever age is right before like that second puberty you know what i'm talking about we're like right i i know i believe in after what you want it app because like second yeah. puberty, second puberty in me was like just back hair when i didn't have back hair like through my 20s <laughs> but, like why, i don't puberty. want that that is not a plus for me <laughs> but second puberty ends in a glow up so you want to be right after that glow up, that prime glow up. Really? Where you have to like trim your nose hairs? Get a little more muscle definition. Like I'm talking like I'm talking the late 20s, early 30s, second puberty. That's what I'm talking about. You know what I'm oh, talking about? Early 30s. Yeah. That's okay. exactly what I'm saying. I know when your when your metabolism like catches up with itself and stuff. Yeah, when you yeah. start having to like, yeah. Yeah, like what Wait, I was saying with the knee are, pain. Do people like Hit second puberty at a different time because I feel like I hit it. Like I feel I like don't something know, happened. I don't know how it is with women, but got it. Because I'm just like, like I I feel like I got like I was very upset when I like quote unquote finished puberty and I was like, is this it? Like what the what do you mean this is it? Like I I thought I was supposed to like mature or whatever, and then like I hit like twenty three, twenty four, twenty five, and it was just like, oh, we have your adult face right here, and it's like, oh, 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 I, I can mess with this. Like I can handle this. Like I, they're like, oh, adult body here. Like 
The only thing that's weird now is for some reason parts of my hair are different textures, but like that's another story. But like other than that, like I'll take the after second puberty. Like that's fine with me. I'm gonna go right before. I'm I'm stick I'm sticking with it. <laughs> right right before. <laughs> what did Dwayne say? I was gonna say I'll pass on the back hair. I'm not a yeah. No. Guy. <laughs> Everybody's different. Yeah, I got I one. Gonna, I barely tame my chest hair. I'm not. I'm not a fan of that. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Very vintage of you. <laughs> Radical proposal, perpetually around fifty-five or sixty. As long as you've kept in shape and like you know you're healthy, you can move around. But fifty-five, sixty, so that you are always retirement age and no one's expecting anything of you. Perpetual dilf. Perpetual I think that's a fun age though because Not like to mention senior discounts. Exactly. You know? Like, and living, like where you live, you get like a senior discount and where you live too. In this economy? Yeah. 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 You need to be a silver fox. It's just yeah. yeah. Don't you can just be in your Patreon era, even though he's like <laughs> And then the like the little side wallet for your phone. <laughs> no one will ever expect you to give up your seat on the bus or anything. You've you've aged out of that stage. Not yeah. if you look good and young, though. Like you can, yeah, have but they're still not going to. They're still not going to look at you like, sir. It's your turn to be generous. You're like, no, you don't know what's going to happen. No, I'm, but people will be extra impressed with you whenever you decide to like dress up for a scenario. They're going to be like, oh, he looks good. Exactly. You always will clean up great. 25 you're just like oh it's a 25 year old child but like when you're like 48 and it's like oh 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 okay like, yeah. people are always surprised when an older person is attractive and that's perfect i want stanley tucci responses that's what i want stanley for tucci. the rest of eternity <laughs> stanley tucci can get it like he's honestly like yeah exactly that's i want to be stanley tucci's age forever <laughs> I can Valid. I can imagine Stanley Tucci being a very generous lover, but I also can't. <laughs> How imagine often do you it. imagine that? I can't imagine. I can't imagine it, but I can imagine it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Which one do you imagine or not imagine more often? Tell us I, more, Dimitri. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying. He seems. He seems like he would have a long line of many types of people that would be knocking at his door. Yeah. Where I are you in line? Where? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> not for me not for me personally but uh he seems like a cool guy no but you're sipping mimosas with the lovers on the other end hearing their stories exactly yeah, yeah. well i I'd, I'd be like the uh the guys outside the club being like hey here's a stamp you can go here's vip a... you know <laughs> i'm there to support my boy you know gatekeeping you're gatekeeping yeah, stanley tucci's just the life. best the best for 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 uh stanley tucci you know I'm here. I'm here for him. Yeah. Uh, is he a vampire? Is that what it is? No, mm. no. he's he is objectively aging and very good. I feel like I feel like Hollywood just has like really good subtle plastic surgery. Yeah. yeah. Like Hollywood, they're just paying the big bucks to like look like they're aging naturally, but they got that like nice little laser resurfacing. They got like the little tweaks here, just a little. Like they just got that. Yeah. Like like. Curtis, she's had some stuff done, but she looks amazing. Like she still got the wrinkles, she still got the texture, but like she's had like a little. It's like Viola Davis. Yeah, like Viola Davis. Uh, not no no no. That's Angela Bassett. Well, they're both. Maybe they just stayed away from like drugs and alcohol, though. Yeah, I mean, it could just be like a really nice holistic lifestyle. 
just yeah, don't. It's, that is one thing I've noticed. Like when you look at like old Hollywood celebrities versus like celebrities now in like their older years, at some point, like the old Hollywood celebrities hit like 45 and it's just like Wrinkle City. There's just like, bam, like every single deep, dark line, which is fine. Like wrinkles just show like that you've lived. But like versus now, where like even a 40 something year old like walking down the street, like you're just like, you're 40, what? Like, huh? like the people are just not aging the same. And I think it's because like everyone learned that like lead paint is bad. Are bad. Yeah, like <laughs> drugs are bad, asbestos is bad, lead paint is bad. Like, don't consume everything that you see and don't uh, uh Windex and you should be fine. Like And I, I do immediately think of like the the stars who are older now who it's like, oh wait a minute, that, that person actually always looked great throughout their like fifties through sixties, like Harrison Ford, Christopher Plummer. Um it's like the, the, Yeah, Helen Mirren. Mm-hmm. I mean Helen Mirren. She looks good. She looked yeah. Oh, good. oh Kate Blanchett too. Yeah, Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett's on my list, regardless of like <laughs> any... what list specifically. Well, the Stanley Tucci list. Tucci. Were you not paying attention? Oh my yeah, gosh. There, there are some people that I I I you know direct towards Stanley Tucci. And then there's other people that I'm like, hey, I know you're here for Stanley Tucci, but may I interest you something a little different? Appetizer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah i can't keep up with stanley tucci's uh uh his i don't know his uh, joie de vivre. sorry what'd you say his joie de vivre yes his joie de vivre uh but an appetizer like i can be an appetizer that's fine <laughs> oh god dimitri's the appetizer <laughs> stanley tucci's the main the main course <laughs> um oh w- let's talk about love triangles because we kind of touched on it earlier and like uh love triangles are so like divisive like mm-hmm. some people love them some people hate them some people are for them um are there any uh love triangles that you can think of that like you were there for you were like yes i mean i've already said it like scott gene logan and you can throw emma frost in there too like i'm here for that i'm here for that like yeah glad we live in a time where we can see it and explore it which is yeah kind of what they're doing in the comics which is kind of cool it's great oh yeah they're exploring it like (laughs) they're exploring (laughs) (laughs) everybody is exploring everybody in the x-men comics like it is wild over there on that island Krakoa uh, is popping off for sure. The relationship web is a circle. <laughs> it's a reach. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, Krakoa, one of the laws on the mutant island of Krakoa is make more mutants. Mm. Oh. oh, yeah, they're making them all right. <laughs> I mean, you know, you got to make them somewhere. How are you going to make them? You can resurrect them too. Like, be like yeah. let's resurrect someone. We made a mutant, everybody. Woo! That's not as fun though. <laughs> no. I think that's like, fun. We got a lot of working working ladies here, okay? Like they all got, throw their keys to the X Jet in a bowl and Yeah, they're like, here's yeah. my egg. <laughs> like God. make it happen. Make it happen. Like they have literal eggs that they hatch out. Gold of. balls. Gold balls. Gold balls, yeah. <laughs> Gold balls is popping off those eggs. I mean, it's popping off a little too much because now we're getting into what sins of sinister, and that is a whole nother like thing. 
Yeah. <laughs> do what do you think? Speaking of like self love, like I feel like Sinister is like a really good, like, exploration of that as well. Like you know, he's made all his clones of himself because he loves himself. You know, I mean. Yeah. That like he's in a relationship. He's in a polyamorous relationship with himself. <laughs> whatever happened what? to whatever happened to Miss Sinister? You don't uh, like that sexy yeah. female, Mr. Sinister? I don't know what happened to her. But with Sins of Sinister, we're getting all these like hybrid sinister characters. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe we'll see her come up again. Yeah. Clone the same thing as a sibling. That's the question. Um, you're you're asking? Is that the question? Yes. I don't know. A sinister does a lot of weird genetic stuff, so maybe he makes it okay. He just yeah. makes it okay. I don't know. Like maybe maybe he like tweaks the genetics just enough. He's really into that stuff. So he's making mutants, but like in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. Did anyone ever watch the show Kyle XY? Speaking of clones, because that's the big one where I always was like, are the love interests love interests or brother and sister? That was always my big one where I was like, what's happening here? Are they cloned by this from the same person? No, they're not, but they are like from the same experiment. They are oh. actually clones of two people who were in love with each other, but they are like their their story is so like inter like interwoven where I'm like, this feels much more like your sibling than your star-crossed lover. And we had just started watching the show recently and we're on episode four. Thank you. It's been months. We weren't gonna pick it back up. <laughs> I don't know if you guys, if anyone out there remembers the show, but that was the show where they were clones. They don't have belly buttons because yeah, they're not, they're not born. Awesome. No belly buttons. No belly buttons. I remember, I remember seeing that guy with this shirt up on a freaking bus all the time. Yeah, with ears like this <laughs> and like no belly button. It's, like, it was a very over elaborate plan to sell Sour Patch Kids. That's the whole show. Wait, Every what? other scene is, a, yes, actually the entire show is fun. I remember when it aired. The entire show is funded by Sour Patch Kids. There were several commercials an hour. And throughout the entire show, several times an episode, it's things like, can I have the Sour Patch Kids? Don't get your hands off my Sour Patch Kids. I'm not going to be good for this conversation until I've had Sour Patch Kids. Hey, <laughs> Loki like... wants Sour Patch Kids. No, that was like, get work. I want a snack. As far as triangles go, um, I, I literally made a whole rant on this recently. Um, I do not care for them. Because I feel like there's almost always a clear choice of like who the author is gonna have the character go with. So there's no like I don't get invested in one of them because I'm just like I know for a fact that the author is gonna place you with this character. And there have been very rarely times where I'm like, oh my god, who are they gonna challenge? Like nine times out of ten, I'm like, I know the author is setting all up. Like Yeah. Like Twilight with like Twilight. Jacob That's with Jacob and character. Edward. Jacob had no shot. I like the like, literally like it, it, as in Stephanie Meyer's by Bi like Bible like Jacob Black had no shot with Bella, and it was very clear. So it's just like I can't. There's no stakes here, you know. Right. Like I mean, the way she sets up the characters, it's like, would you like the handsome, brooding white guy, vampire guy, or that like dark, savage wolf in the forest guy? Like the yeah, way she. Like she makes vampires and werewolves. She clearly has a favorite. I yeah, was strongly team Jacob last. We I only watched the show or watched the movies for the first time very recently. 
And like immediately, I was like, I like this guy way more. Like, absolutely. I was always, uh, when I read the books in my tweenhood, I was team Edward. And then when I watched the movies, the chemistry was so much better that I was team Jacob. And I knew where it was going, but I was still team Jacob, even though I had read the whole series. It was a whole thing. Team Jacob for life. Okay. Like, I, I started with New Moon. Like, I didn't even read Twilight. I went straight into New Moon. And I was invested in Jacob. I went back and read Twilight after. And I was like, what? No. No. Like, Jacob is clearly the choice to go with. Yes. Yeah. I just didn't. I, I also don't like vampires as much as werewolves anyway. I mean, okay. vampires are fine. I don't <laughs> think Edward was a great boyfriend. Yeah. No. Like. No, Jacob was there for Bella afterwards, and I'm here for that supportive, supportive man. Like, like Edward literally played like gaslight girl boss gatekeep with Bella. Like she literally was, hey yo, there's something up with you. What are you? He's like, yeah, nothing. Like he just literally was like, literally like, say it, say it out loud. And I'm just like, this is too just, much. I Googled it. Like she like knew <laughs> within like a week. Like, <laughs> But you're a vampire, bro. <laughs> Edward is also guilty of like one of my number one relationship crimes, which is not being enthusiastically invested or giving reasons why you shouldn't be. Because he keeps doing the, oh, we won't be, we shouldn't be together. We're not good for each other. It's wrong. It's like, okay, lesson for anyone watching. If your significant other says that to you, consider them right and leave. Because yeah. <laughs> when somebody knows who they are, believe them. Like, yeah. Somebody's like, I didn't care for what she wanted at all. Yeah. She just made decisions for her. Yeah. And then Jacob imprints on a baby. On a baby. <laughs> that was terrible. That yeah. was like his I... consolation prize. I can't have Bella, so I'm going to have her kid. <laughs> I saw like one of my mutuals. It's like a Twilight girly. Like she uh, talks about like imprinting and stuff where it's like it's not like, it's essentially not consensual on either side. Like, the wolf can't, like, control who they imprint over. So this was just Stephanie's weird decision. Yeah. Like, as a character, like, apparently, like, Jacob, like, tried to imprint on Bella because he was in love with her and he wanted to be with her so badly, but it wouldn't happen. And then when Bella and Edward got married, he went out and tried to, like, imprint on random girls to just try to make it happen so he could forget about her. And then the uh, Rasputin is born. And like Stephanie Meyer was like, you know, it's a great idea. Um, let's go ahead and have the wolf um imprint on this literal infant. And like, so it basically like he had no choice, like there's like literally no autonomy, no choice on either end. And it's just very creepy and very weird because it's just like, is this quote unquote love, or is this literally just like you're stuck with each other? Like they're just stuck with each other. It's kind of gross. <laughs> Talk about a weird love triangle. Be like, yeah, you know, so I used to have a thing for your mom. Yeah. But now I like you. And then, like, Edward knowing that Jacob liked his girl, but now he likes his other girl. So it's just all this weird, like, that is where a love triangle or square or whatever does not work. It needs to yeah. stop. Yeah, that would be just to bring it back around to the original question. That is an instance where a love triangle is not a good idea. Also, um, this is a conversation they'd have twenty years down the line. 
<laughs> right. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, it, I I know because like you're a Grey's Anatomy man. So oh. like, so what did you what did you think about Callie, uh, Mark, and um, Arizona? Because that was a love triangle technically. Yeah. Is Dwayne Dwayne's a big Grey's Anatomy fan? Yes. Yeah. So I I work in I work in the ER. So like I I blow my steam off by watching these medical you know, shows. Medical those <laughs> and you're, you know you pick out the little things you're like oh that's not right or you're like oh you know but all these love triangles in the medical field is this accurate Dwayne like how real is Grey's Anatomy um <laughs> ironically at my when I when I used to work in Virginia um there was a quite a lot of love triangles with the nurses and the techs um <laughs> they were married or not but now um <laughs> My, my current hospital not so much not so much but you um, you're like okay yeah i guess this <laughs> than out here in california is calmer than in virginia i don't know what was up with the east coast but the water <laughs> something something was in the air that people were going crazy maybe californians can keep their mouth shut i think maybe they're yeah. still doing it but they're like we don't need everybody also- to know there's yeah. also a lot of like repression in the South and um, any anything like South of New England, West of Colorado or East of Colorado. So there's that sense of like, you know, you could probably just not be in that relationship you clearly don't want to be in. And instead mm-hmm. it's like, no, 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 I got to stay in the, the marriage I'm clearly unhappy in and also go for my coworker. Or speaking of triangles and polycules from way earlier, it's not a thing in this area so the idea of like i could be attracted not a person could be attracted to two people and instead of talking about it all it is is a taboo and a narrative and so they go through a they like play the story of the drama in their head yeah there's a lot more compet and comp compet monogamy like expectations and also like you're married you're not going to get divorced ideas i feel like in the south and then there then there would be in california yeah the east coast is a different breed like honestly yeah it really is like from somebody who has lived on both coasts i'm just like y'all y'all different like y'all don't because so different (laughs) like it's just so different um like yeah that's that's one of those things too where it's like there's a lot of like because like in media like obviously like real life rights media media rights real life you know so like the whole thing of like the popularization of like these love triangles or like cheating and infidelity where it's like where does that all really stem from again is it like a fantasy of like oh my god so many people want me like is that it is like is that what the whole appeal is like oh my god like i have so many people that choose from that's Um, definitely part of what it is in teen media because definitely it's this idea of like well no one wants me in class that i'm aware of for certain because i can't pick up on those social cues yet but I can vicariously graft onto this character who has several people who want them. And I can feel like I've got like the, the balance out of attention uh, through that. Well, I, I feel like also when you're younger, you you kind of, uh, the way you view romantic interests is sort of a list. It's like, who's my first pick, second pick, third pick. If this person doesn't ask me to prom, uh, or on the flip side, if I ask someone to prom and they say no, who am I going to next? Who right. like it's not like that everybody offers something different and that you might have like like whatever, but it's like a list of 
Like so you're more likely back then to write a list of everything you want in a future husband or a wife and like check them off than I yeah, think now. Yeah, because when you're younger, it's like an experiment game, right? You're like, you, you you pick and choose, you you know, you dip your toe into all these other different things of like, like you said, like you check off, like, I like this, I don't like this. And so, yeah. And also when you're younger, you're like, your view on the world is very different. Yeah. Like what you think a relationship is going to be like versus what it's actually like. Because, like, I'm a person, I consider myself, like, a late bloomer. I didn't have my first boyfriend until I was, like, 16. And, like, beforehand, like, when you, like, watch other people be in relationships or you watch, like, older people or your peers or you watch, like, TV. And it's kind of, like, I saw, like, two avenues where it's, like, on TV, it's, like, highly romanticized. And then in real life, there was always a girl crying in the bathroom. And being like, he broke up with me. He cheated on me. And the amount of times I've seen a girl, like, I like ma like Maybelline mascara running down her face with the Maybelline Matte Mousse uh, foundation uh, mixing into the tears. Um, I was just like, this looks like it, it's either very boring or it sucks. And like, <laughs> I was like, none of you look happy and that looks fake. And I remember my first ever boyfriend, I literally got my first boyfriend because like he was single and I was single. I just wanted to see what it was about. Like, I was just like, uh, and then we broke up and I found him. <laughs> or he found me. <laughs> it, it's like, again, like a science experiment when you're a kid, because it's like you have no frame of reference until it actually happens. And the only frame of reference you have is either fiction or like whatever's going on around you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I You say you were a late bloomer. I, I got my first girlfriend when I was 18. Uh, and like, like pretty much like right at the end of senior year. Uh, but before that, it was a lot of living vicariously through the fictional relationships that I saw and read about, you know? Yeah. Was someone going to say something? Oh, no, I was going to say, like, I don't know, like, when relationships, like, you know, especially like TV shows where they're like, you know, the couple's been together and like, oh, let's move in together. And then like, that's like the biggest thing where they're like, oh, should I do it? You know, like, yes, live with that person. Because you don't know who that person is until you live with them. Exactly. That's like something that's crazy to me. Like people that can get married without like living with each other or like cohabitating. Because like we lived with each other for like, what, like two years before we got married? Yeah. Yeah. Like two, two almost three years. And I was just like, I don't know how you can just, how somebody is in their own element and like under a roof and like, on the their off time is so different from how you are around other people mm -hmm. at work like around your friends around like your family members so when you are just like you two alone with no outside influences that's kind of how you actually are and i don't think media really prepares people for that either because we're kind of just looking into these people's lives and they're fictional and they're fake and they're made by other human beings. And now they can be based on other people's relationships. But again, you don't really know until you're actually living that part of your life, if you choose to live that part of your life. And yeah. <laughs> so much of so much of romance media though, like going back hundreds of years has always been like, it has always involved this on off switch of like the happily ever after. And it's like, okay, the moment they're together the story's over even like in tv we often get this where it's like they're together and now just the relationship's perfect and they might have little small growing pain moments but like that's it they 
they're together and it is what it is versus like the ever portraying that notion of like hey you could you could break up and it'd be a healthy choice you could be together for a year and a half two years it's a trial period you're still figuring out all of their skeletons and whether or not you're compatible for long periods of time and if you break up at two years it's sad but you know it's healthy and it's life uh and like media doesn't show us that like in tv shows when characters break up after being together for a while it's always huge and dramatic and they usually get back together in a season or two yeah because it's not like just an an, an okay thing whenever they break up and they stay friends i'm just like why why do you keep somebody (laughs) in your life that clearly wasn't meant to be in there especially in like the younger kids shows were like it's fine like we dated now he's dating my best friend and I'm dating his ex-girlfriend like it's all this like everybody's ancestrally dating and all that is not always the case that as is someone, just like no as, I think, uh, though, because it's like I feel like some people like maybe you, you are good as friends or you are good platonically but maybe in a romantic setting you're just not and maybe in like a long term like say like a cohabitation setting or like you like want different things in life like one person wants to get married the other person doesn't one person wants like four kids the other person wants one like things that are just like make you inherently incompatible as romantic partners but not necessarily as friends because i'm not gonna stop being friends with somebody if they want kids you know i'm not gonna stop being friends with somebody if they want to get married i'm not gonna stop being friends with somebody if they want to move to alaska but like as far as a a romantic partner is concerned like obviously it's gonna be very hard like we we had like a long distance relationship for like what how many years in our relationship like so several yeah like several we were in different states and that doesn't work for some people but it worked for us and if some people choose to break up with their partner over that and just remain platonic and remain friends because they can't be in a relationship with somebody in a different state, I think that's fine. Especially if you like share friends, like you're not going to stop being friends with your friends because your like ex-partner is still friends with your friends. Like if you it's have like always over- the case now, like it's all like that is it's always best case scenario. And I'm just like, it's not always like that. You know, yeah, so- not always. I've definitely seen some friend groups blow up, but I like personally know some people that have dated within a friend group and they're just like, it just didn't freaking work out. Like some people, some one of them just turned out to be gay. Like, yeah. but it's just like, they're, they're not going to stop being friends and having a nice relationship because they're incompatible as romantic partners. And it, like sometimes it blows up and sometimes people never talk to each other again, but sometimes it is fine. And I think it just depends on the person and it also depends like, if that person's like insanely jealous and is just like, no, you you knew them before. Like it's just it depends. What so, voice was that? <laughs> I, was like, I was like, why did they just turn into like a little it was like Emperor my- Palpatine? <laughs> uh, also in high school, in high school and high school shows, it's very similar because the high a high school show will have a set cast. You're not getting yeah. rid of anyone, right? So everybody just kind of does that. But in high school, it's kind of the same way. Like, if you're a theater kid, like, I don't know who oh, here was a theater kid uh, growing up. Mark. I was. Uh, everybody, every, I want to say, generally speaking, everybody's hooking up everyone with everybody. Everyone dated. They yeah. all, we all made out. It was, it was the rules. We all dated. I think <laughs> I was, I think I was the only person that was like Man, left out. Yeah, band was the worst. <laughs> band, I was trombone section going over to the clarinet section, and yeah, yeah, there's a canoodling. Yeah. Um, Uh-oh. just yeah, 
I also I grew up in a very I've never I've never like been shaken by the idea of like the 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 interdating friend group because I grew up in a small town where like my graduating class had 37 people. Oh no. There, everyone interdated and there wasn't like a well we're exes, we don't talk anymore. Like, okay, that will last for football season, but you gotta get your shit back together. You had two by football the time, players, like we're in- two football players dating. Or that kind of thing, or any any kind of words like this can last at most like uh, a couple months, but like you actually, we need things to be normal again by the yeah. end of the semester, like that kind of thing. Sorry, Please I just hate. had this image of like two football players being like, "We are through once football season is over." <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. That's great. That should be in something. <laughs> but <laughs> now go long. Right. Oh, God, this is like do not mess up. No, mess up this game. Yeah, but uh, like I, I think it's like because even in, like I, and another thing too, another trope that like really like ends my Hathaway is like when they- <laughs> <laughs> like when they're like a married couple and it happens normally in like nineties and early two thousand sitcoms and they like just freaking hate each other and they're just like. They're just like, oh, I hate my annoying wife, or like, oh, my useless husband. And it's just like, why the fuck are y'all married? <laughs> like, yeah. why are you married? You not stand this person that you've like had this whole life and raised your children with. Like, what is going on? Like, yeah, it's not always easy. Yeah, it's not like perfect all the time, but like, y'all seem to just not like each other. And it's like sad. We're currently rewatching that 70s show, and it's super refreshing to watch Kitty and Red adore each other. Like they are a they they might not be the healthiest parents, but god damn it, they're a healthy marriage. <laughs> well, Red in his own way, right? Because Red doesn't tend to show emotion, right? Red is very quick to show affection to Kitty, like in a particular way. Like he's yeah. not publicly showing affection, but they every episode has a she drops him a hint, he picks up on it, they run off to the bedroom. Like <laughs> And like, or where they'll defend each other or take each other's side over somebody else. Or like, like she complained about how like this in the first season, she complains about how they're not spontaneous enough. And at first he grumbles about it, but then he works really hard to take her to a new restaurant and actually like make it spontaneous. Like like he listens and yeah, like they immediately lock in on what the other person's concerns are and they never badmouth each other to other people. It's yeah. And that's like an example of like, again, like not perfect, but like healthy, you know, because it's like he acknowledged that something about their relationship like wasn't clicking. And instead of being like, oh, my annoying useless husband or my annoying nagging wife, he's just like, oh, shit, she just kind of wants to like do nice stuff once in a while. Maybe just put a little. So you're saying communication is key. Communication is key. Like Morticia and Gomez. I don't know how I did. I was about to bring them up. Yeah. Earlier. The greatest couple ever. Period. Of all time. Of like, not just like partners, but like parents who are so receptive to each other and their kids and their family, where they're like, again, they were kind of created as like this counter culture to what was normally seen in like sitcoms again like the useless husband that is completely emotionally distant from his wife and his children and the wife that does everything but she's a nag and she's it's that and then the kids that are getting up to rambunctious stuff and morticia and gomez genuinely are like crazy about each other like literally like, fawning over like screaming crying throwing up gagging over each other and they listen to each other and they listen to their kids and they are just like this kooky family but they are so 
healthy. And funnily enough, like, even though they're supposed to be like the antithesis, they are just so good and it's romantic. And it's like, they show too that just because you have like children and just because you have like your older adults doesn't mean you have to completely lose passion in your partner in your life. And that's so nice. Yeah, stay hydrated. Don't be thirsty like me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I gotta stay, gotta stay hydrated. Um, like they, older people, when they're together, you rarely see like older couples that are not just like hating each other. Or like bickering. Or bickering. Yeah. Like yeah. it's always that older couple stereotype. Like, oh, they've had kids. They're no longer young and hip and sexy. And they just are just like, oh, n- dead bedroom. Like everything's sad. And it's just like, that's depressing. Damn. Like, or like the people too, where like they move in with each other and they completely hate each other after they've moved in. It's just like, sometimes you just get a really cool roommate. Like you just, sometimes you just get like a really cool person to hang out with all the time. And sometimes you get along great. And yeah, you hate when they leave their shit on the floor, but like, that's it. Like you don't despise them. Because it's a huge trend in like nineties and two thousands rom-coms in particular to have like the couple that clearly was a serious couple who had moved in together. They hadn't quite gotten married yet, but they'd taken all of the steps and they should be working. And always the the plot is they realize they'd rather be with someone else. It's like, what are you not working on in your relationship? Why is this the mold that we're seeing? Like every rom-com I can, like I, I have like 10 in my head right now where that's the thing. It's like, this is a healthy enough uh, relationship, but what about Tom Hanks over there? Yeah, <laughs> oh, it, ta- it, oh, okay. I see what you're getting like, Where it's like, oh, like, it, it shows too where like oh they get bored of their partner and i'm like mm-hmm. then why don't you just try to spice it up instead of fucking cheating on them like why don't you just go to your partner and be like hey what fun things can we do what can we do together to be like working in this relationship but instead they're like new hot person moved into town and they're so cool and they're so awesome and they're so adventurous and i'm like what happens a couple of years down the line you also move in you also go get some ikea furniture you also like go back to your jobs and now they're no longer interesting to you then what happens it's conflating love and new relationship energy which new relationship energy is something that all of us can cultivate in our 10 year old relationships whenever we want to just by as you said spicing it going traveling dating going to new places uh in injecting the relationship with more love languages and new ways of showing each other attention and gratification and and appreciation uh the, those in those all of those rom-coms it's not somebody saying you know i'm not with the person i meant to be with but instead mm, i no longer feel butterflies and butterflies yeah that's just chemical that's that that can be brought back or gotten rid of at any time Here, here's a question wanna... Here, here's a question about rom-coms uh rom-coms have so many tropes that are like a lot of bad uh uh tropes outdated ideals so on and so forth um are there any good rom-coms that are good examples of uh, a healthy relationship? I don't know if Justin and Michelle, are you guys into rom-coms? I mean, I am. Justin, I don't I don't think so. <laughs> no, I'll watch him if she watches them, but I'm not. They're not really his oh. jam. They're not yeah. really his Are there good relationships in any of those? Maybe the only good one is like maybe 50 First Dates. But I feel like because it's kind of like, well, it's not fantastical. It's very. But like he learns. He learns like what her triggers like because she like resets every day. Yeah. But like he still loves her for her and tries to make a new day every day. Mm -hmm. But like 
I feel like that one's like, because I love 50 First Dates. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I do enjoy 50 First Dates. For some reason, it played nonstop during the freaking quarantine on MTV. And I just saw it every time. And I didn't stop watching it. I don't, I, it was a time. That's very meta. Yeah. They were stuck with each other. <laughs> and like I, I do love that movie and I do like have affection for like their relationship, but I think it's one of those things where it's also very like again nuanced. You know what I mean? Mm. Where it's just like, yes, he learns and yes, he like learns the things that she loves and she but it's at the same time where it's like later on in the movie she starts to remember and she starts to like and she internally does remember him because you see she draws him all the time mm-hmm. and she knows who she he she knows who he is but at the same time where it's just like how like again this is a very like weird scenario because i do think it's a very sweet movie and a very sweet story but at the same time when you kind of think of the french horror of it all where it's just like homegirl really does not remember shit when she writes no i get it, I get it. like it's kind of like he forces like the relationship and eventually like the relationship is built but like she does like him yeah like, the thing where it was like it, it is shown every day that but what she does have, but at the same time, it's like she doesn't remember him wooing her. So that that's the kind of thing that kind of like stops me from being like it's 100% romantic because I'm just like, he remembers wooing her, but she doesn't know why he like, she, she doesn't know why he knows what she likes, if that makes any sense. It could just be, for her, it could also just be mere exposure effect. Like she has all these positive memories of him and then she's just got the, her positive impressions of him that mm-hmm. just stick around. It's a it's a really sweet movie that yeah. you can't you just can't peel it away too much. I feel like that's an for most rom coms that's going to be the thing. Like like there's like the good versus best of is a different scenario. So like I consider um you've got mail to be one of the better because of the way that they handle all of the various elements. The already being in a relationship part. They handle that with a surprising amount of realism okay. and grace. The way, the way that, that he handles the conflict, yeah. the like, like all of those elements are like the best possible I've seen. Doesn't mean it's flawless, but it's certainly better. I like but- the relationship in Notting Hill because of the way that Hugh Grant leans on his friends and because they don't like they have miscommunication, but they don't. There's never a part in the movie where you're like, oh, yeah, they abused each other or to handle that terribly. It's like, no, 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 they miscommunicated and then they worked it out. Okay. Um, we we slightly touched on it earlier, but uh, are there examples of love triangles that would just be better with polyamory? Uh, Mary Jane, Peter Parker, Black Cat. I don't know, Justin, Michelle. Do you guys or or, or is Peter just better with MJ and that's it? I don't think he's better with MJ. Like just MJ. I think they're I think the girls themselves are so different from one another and he likes he likes different parts of them and even in the comics now like Mary Jane and Felicia are actually working together a lot more and there's no there's no rivalry like before just because it was earlier times they were kind of pitched as rivals but I think in today's like you know media they're trying to come away from that a little bit more like it we're not we're not two girls fighting over a guy kind of the scenario we're two girls who want to see somebody succeed so we're gonna like help we're gonna help them you know so there's there's a camaraderie there i think but i don't know what do you what do you think 
I grew up with the Peter Parker and Mary Jane, but that's the it introduction, for you? <laughs> No, the introduction of Felicia in there isn't a bad thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. I mean, I think in today's society, we can explore a little bit more and it's not so black and white. It's not just like, you know, a guy and a girl and you pick one and that's it. Like you can be attracted to multiple types of people. You can, and it can work. It can work in, yeah. in healthy relationships. And Felicia herself, has explored her own sexuality where she's like i'm not just into guys like she's had a relationship with a woman and that was explored so that it's not it's not off the table for her and mj to maybe have something there too because i believe peter is not currently with mary jane i think he's actually dating felicia again so because he he wasn't with Mary Jane. Something happened. They're yeah, not allowed to yeah. be together. I can't remember what it was. I don't think I they've think. answered it in the comics yet. It's like this yeah. mystery of a gap in time that they haven't yeah. gone like back there's to. There's some deal that was made and they can't be together. And Felicia's not with her girlfriend anymore. So since she's been working with Peter, like they're having a little thing. Yeah. Who's to say that this couldn't become another like Logan Jean Cyclops situation? Polyweb. Yeah, Polyweb. Polyweb. I I feel like where I at work uh, is, um, funnily enough, Grey's Anatomy, where it's just like you had Callie um, and you had Arizona and you had Mark. And like Callie and Mark were a thing. Arizona came into the picture. She gets with Arizona. They break up for a bit. She gets back with Mark. Uh, Mark and her have a baby together, but Arizona is just like, but they break up. And she's like, well, I'm still in love with you and I don't really care that it's Mark's. Like, I just want to be with you. So they essentially all raise the baby together until Mark decides to die. But he decided that, but. <laughs> and, and like for a while, they're just like, they're not like together together, but like, Callie and Arizona are together and Mark is just like the baby's dad just hanging out with his ex-girlfriend and her wife and it's just like they're cool together and it's fine and they're just all being a little weird family together and it's not a problem and I feel like a lot of the times I think um authors are cowards and they just like there's a clear solution right there but because they like have the vision of like one person with one person and another person with another person that it just kind of like stops working where it's just like I feel like this could have very easily just been solved if everybody just either dated or just had like oh this is my girlfriend this is my girlfriend's girlfriend Arizona like it's just it's yeah paramours and metamors everybody just needs to read polysecure that's all they need what's metamore a metamor in polyamory metamor is your paramour's paramour so like oh. if like, you're dating like, someone and they're dating someone else that's your metamor and you might be friends you could take that person out and you could you could still have you still have a relationship and a dynamic with that person even though you're not romantically involved with that person they're wow. like part of the family but it's not yeah, you might anymore. be like, hey, you know what? My metamorphs having a terrible day. I'm not romantically involved with them, but I'm still going to uh, bring them a snack. Or a oh, that's how they work. Like, that's basically, like, that's basically how they are, where they're just like, we're not together anymore, but like, we're still in a relationship of sorts. Well, I feel like yeah. everyone has 
like their work husband or their work wife. Yeah. Like everybody yeah. has like their person where they're just like, this is my person outside of my person. Yeah. 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 And, like having a dynamic with your person's person, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Um if you enjoy- <laughs> before before we before we uh uh finish up this episode, there there's a good amount of time that I want to go over some of the suggestions that we were given on Instagram of different couples. Um, now we are obviously talked, uh, we talked about Harley and Joker just being a bad couple. So we already talked about that, but um, we were also given Superman and Lois as best mm-hmm. couple. Does anyone yeah. have like strong opinions? I feel like they just are. It's a given. You know? Almost too, they like, it's too easy. Is it too easy for them to just be like best couple? I mean, they were kind of conceptualized in like the olden times, you know, and by the olden times, I mean, mid-century, <laughs> but like, um, I, I think it's one of those where it's just like, it's just kind of a given, like you think about Superman and then Lois right after you think about Lois and then Superman right after, like, it's just the, the pairing, you know, right. like, yeah, that's, yeah, they come, they're a package deal. Yeah. And it's not even like they're a package deal, just like, like in some kind of plain and un- unexplained way like as their personalities developed they developed to complement each other and it went well yeah did you guys watch smallville where like yes his early years are like lana lang all the time where people are like when are clark and lana getting together when is this gonna happen and it's like it's only a matter of time till lois pops in and like that's his one true love and she pops in in season four and but it's lana lang for the whole time like for so long and and she's not a romantic interest until like season seven like erica durance's erica durance lois lane is the best lois lane i will throw hands but (laughs) um she when she finally like when the two of them finally actually start developing a relationship you're like oh this is perfect this is what he's always needed this is entirely different than every other relationship he's had in this otherwise kind of teen uh, soap opera show. Also, she's slightly older than him in the show. And I kind of like that idea of Lois being a little bit more mature than Clark. Oh, yeah. 100%. Hot. (laughs) You go, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Do you guys watch Parks and Rec? Or did you? Yes. Is Leslie and Ben, like, being best couple? Or, like, a really good couple? like i love them yeah they're so cute like she has all these wacky ideas and he just goes with it he's like okay yeah this is crazy but we're gonna we're gonna do it okay he's so supportive oh yeah it is kind of like us (laughs) because you know in every relationship there's a boring and a crazy and like Crazy, I wouldn't sure. sum it up that way. I sum it up as a balloon and a rock. A balloon and a rock? I feel like that's worse. <laughs> well, no, a rock a rock keeps someone like grounded, but a balloon can float, right? And you know. Wait, maybe maybe like a yeah, you had to explain that to me because I was like, I don't You don't throw it. the rock at the balloon. I that's hope. what I was thinking. <laughs> no, no, no. Rock holds the balloon. Like a weight. So, like yeah. a balloon and a weight. Yeah. Wait, what is the but balloon in, do for the rock? And then? sometimes you can switch. Sometimes I, I think the balloon could balloon. lift the rock a little bit. I don't Maybe know. If it's a pebble. It's a pebble. Maybe it's a balloon and a pebble. Maybe it's like a really nice shiny rock. Like one of those that you get like a like a one of those stores, you know? Yeah. Yeah. All rounded. Like a little rounded, a little polished. There's like a nice little color going on. Like not like a shitty rock that you find yeah. on the side of the 
<laughs> Maybe my stress analogies aren't that good. Stress rocks. But we're all on the same page. Yeah. yeah. I get the grounding part. <clears throat> I just don't get the other part. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. But I'll figure some out. Some better for next year's Valentine's episode. <laughs> What's more of a where it's kind of like a like one person's a little bit more like ah, the other person's more like reserved, and then when the other person needs to be a little bit more out there, the out there person kind of helps them with that. Yeah. And then when the other person that's a little bit out there needs to come down a few pegs, the other person's like, hey. <laughs> it's yeah. like it's kind of like one of those things where like it's balanced it's like yin yeah yin and yang thing. Yeah. and that is definitely leslie and ben yeah like, leslie has all these things that she wants to do and ben's just like what yeah yeah <laughs> uh, gro- growing up my mom used to say that like oh i shouldn't date other performers i should find and this was her this was her pick a marine biologist in her head that was the exact opposite of like being a performer that's true because justin is very like scientific mathematical logical he's literally a rocket scientist literally (laughs) i'm more of a creative like i work i do marketing and operations in an interior design firm so i'm much more like artsy and like creative creative things don't have to make sense like whatever so i think (laughs) I think that is very true. Like having somebody who is a little bit more opposite of what you do definitely helps. I feel like it brings different things to the table too. Like it changes your way of thinking both ways. Cause like, we're very similar. Like Dwayne's very like, he literally likes to like fly rockets on his phone for fun. Mm-hmm. Like he's like, he loves space. He loves like science. He's like great at math and I'm not um, very bad at math. Ugh. And um like he's very like he, he's in the medical field like he does all the gross horrible things i don't want to do and, and uh, <laughs> you told me and i'm very much like i guess a more eccentric person like i work like in social media and i do a lot of creative things and like i had a purple half shave when he met me and just like more of an out there person who like loves movies and tv shows and books and like imaginative things and I think it's like when you have somebody that's like, because we're not like completely different either. Like there was a lot yeah. of stuff we have in common. But when you have like those differing things, you can kind of bring different things to the table and kind of influence the other person in a way that you wouldn't have otherwise been influenced if you were with somebody who was exactly as like minded as you are. Yeah. Yeah. That's why. Yeah, yeah, like it's it, it turns into an echo chamber if you're in a room full of people that all do the same thing all the time. But when you have somebody else that like maybe fundamentally thinks the way that you do, where it's just like there's the, the important things, the things that are like really you can't disagree on. You, you know what I mean? But beyond that, where it's just like, oh, if you like like you liking History Channel more than me liking History Channel is not going to like make or break our relationship. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like it's one of those things where it's like if you have like you can help the other person kind of think outside the box if that makes any sense yeah. like it's not an echo yeah different we're an echo chamber are you guys <laughs> we're an echo chamber yes yeah we that's it's it's the two creatives who both what? do film stuff and are both adhd and yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's just 
one brain cell and it like bounces between you guys. Constantly yeah. riffing, like I just jokingly turned to her and said, Oh hi, Selby. Because it's the realization of like, oh, we Uh-oh. like the same things Uh-oh. and we do the same stuff. And we it's like the oh, we yeah. Like, oh, you'll like this show. I like this show. Like we have different different opinions and different things, but like a lot of it is highly overlapped. Yeah. On the things that are different with us are like much more like 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 the way that like I was raised about certain things versus the way that he was raised about certain things like in terms of like just like emotional growth kind of things and the way that those blend and meld and like like I was very conflict averse most of my life and he will not let me step away from a conversation unless I actively say I need to step away for a moment conflict addicted it's like But I like I think I'm a better person now because of it, like than I was before, because now I actually know how to handle things like conflict. It, like those were the places where we were different. And they're very few and far between. Otherwise, we're just like that weird bohemian couple that like everybody like they're like, you guys are weird. Like, <laughs> well, the other nice thing about having a bunch of the same interests and a bunch of the same like proclivities is that it also means a whole lot of encouraging each other to do that. Like do the thing that you don't accept that you want to do it's like hey that food that you're really curious about trying i'm now curious about it too we're both gonna have to go do it it's a lot of yes anding a lot of you you're interested in that me too let's do it well it's also nice when you have like 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 when you decide to go into an artistic career especially at an earlier age and you've got like a lot of your family being like i don't know about that or something like that and then you've got the person being like okay if that's what you want to do let's talk about how we're actually going to do that i'm going to be your cheerleader here's the here's the plan let's sit down and make a Make a 40-point plan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as long as you guys don't have, like, the same name. It's not like a Jerry and Jerry sort of, uh, like... We're both, <laughs> we, we both have the same middle name, but that's okay. Wait, for real? Wait. No. <laughs> no, but he does have the same first name as my stepdad, which was a really funny thing we had to work with for a while. Uh... That's fair. That's fair. I mean, you know. Uh, I was just going to say that, uh, in general, like, couples that are too similar, like aren't that interesting in fiction at least like when superman and wonder woman got together i hated it hate it i hated it like it was the worst i I don't like i don't like wonder woman with any superman superheroes like batman and wonder woman not a fan oh i do like no i like i like batman with catwoman and i like his toxic choice to be um talia uh, talia but i don't like they, they're not supposed to be together that's the bad ex he keeps coming back to it's just like, baby I like mama. right i like that drama i don't they're not supposed to be together yeah that's not one that would be solved by polyamory that would be toxic <laughs> non-monogamy that, that's one that would be um the, the, the police would be called <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah like especially in fiction because like everyone kind of has that like not everyone but like a lot of people have that thing of like oh like and like hot and cold and like i feel like a lot of the times like sometimes it can work like especially like narratively speaking i think it's fun for people to watch i guess like the quote-unquote unlikely pair like the pair of people they're like oh like could that work and when it does you're like oh but then i feel like with the similarities ones like i'm gonna bring up like kate and anthony kate and anthony are very similar characters in bridgerton Oh. Like, that's my favorite romance uh, ever i think i have like a whole playlist of simping them uh, uh, like they, they are very similar characters and they operate very similarly and they sabotage themselves in very similar manners and stop the conflict there because they, of that and they encourage similar growth because they're so similar they are, 
the same character in a different font. And then when they finally start to work on themselves and work around those like obstacles and work with and for each other, it's beautiful and it's Mute. great. They start, they both learn essentially that they don't just have to operate for other people and don't just have to operate for the sake of operating and for the sake of structure. They can operate for themselves. They can operate in a way that makes them both happy. And they that's the they learn. And it's so great. And they are an example of a fictional couple that is very similar, but is they work so well together. And I they mutually empower each other like very much yeah. because they're so similar. They can, yeah. They respect each other so much too, because like you see it like when Anthony is like doing like the, the locker room talk with the boys at that one like ball and Kate overhears him and rips him a new asshole for being misogynistic and being like a jerk and talking about women that way. He doesn't speak like that anymore. Like he stops and he is just like, oh, because he wants like he, he respects Kate and he's just like, I don't want her to dislike me and I don't want to be somebody that she dislikes so he stops that behavior and like we also see Kate when she sees him starting to have the panic attack over the bee and she realizes that it's not he's not playing around and that he's not like just being overly protective and a jerk that he's actually going through something and she switches gears and you see that very visible change and then she takes it upon herself to kind of like calm him down and be a anchor for him and it's like, mm, like they're just they're so good. <laughs> they're so good. Yeah, um, amazing. I, I I think that uh, what's what's cool about just these the media in general, just like that we consume, is that like we're constantly like like being um, exposed to kind of new thoughts and new couples and new characters that we like, and they'll always be that. Like twenty years down the line, you're gonna have like a new favorite couple. You're gonna see in some random hologram i guess is that 20 years from now i don't know um but i'm glad that like we can get together uh all of us and talk about like this sort of stuff because uh uh truth be told there are some really bad uh couples out there in fiction uh but there's some really good ones that you know uh we can we can enjoy and then there's ones that we love to hate you know uh kylo and ray is one of them i i i don't love to hate I actually hate that uh but that's a separate thing, and we don't have enough time to go into my dislike of Kylo Ren and Rey. Um, but before we get going, I want to thank you guys so much for coming on this show and talking uh, uh, best romances, worst romances, uh, romances that we love to hate. Um, so thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day, especially on um, a national holiday like Super Bowl Sunday, you know? Um <laughs> uh, 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 before we get going, I want to know where we can find you guys online. What do you guys got coming up? Anything that you want to plug? Um, Amanda and Dwayne, I'll let you guys go first. Awesome. Uh, do you want to? You're the big hitter. Huh? Uh, no, introduce yourself. All right. Um, I can be found on Instagram on Mountain Goatee, and then I recently just made a TikTok called yeah. Husband Just Vibing. There's no videos yet, <laughs> yeah. but there will be some soon. So please go and wait for that. Yeah, and I am Amanda Just Vibin. Uh, I'm on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. I'm on YouTube as Amanda Castrillo. And um, yes, uh, Husband Just Vibin has just made a TikTok page. He just hit 100 followers today with no videos. <laughs> so follow my husband. It's free. Um, and if you don't, I will uh, be reporting you to the authorities. 
So. See, that's the support I like to see in relationships. You know, call the cops. <laughs> <laughs> I will report a crime if you follow my husband. Uh, Justin, Michelle, where can we find you guys online? What do you guys got coming up? Uh, well, what we have coming up, uh, we've got 626 Comic Con. If you're local to the LA area, it's going to be March 5th. I will be hosting like a cosplay corner area. I've got a photographer out there. It's absolutely free to take pictures, to attend, and to park. And then we also have a WonderCon coming up at the end of March. I will be there. Justin has a panel that we think is approved. We're not 100% sure. Um, it is Asian representation in comics and media. Justin has put it on before at LA Comic Con and San Diego, San Diego Comic Con. Um, we also have kind of in the future, in September, we have Uncanny Experience, which is an X-Men um, themed, themed, like, oh, experience. <laughs> what is it called? Like immersive, immersive, immersive experience, experience where you can come to the X-Mansion and you can meet fellow classmates, which are fellow attendees, as well as creators, Creator. such as Chris Claremont, Lenore Zan, the voice of Rogue from uh, X-Men the Animated Series, as well as Cal Don, the voice of Wolverine from X-Men the Animated Series. And we have one more guest. Oh Larry my God. Houston. Larry Houston, producer from X-Men the Animated Series. Um, I will be a featured cosplayer there. I will be bringing my 90s Jean Grey so people can interact with me and take photos. We also have um, a Rogue, a Wolverine, and um, oh my gosh, we have one more person. I can't Oh, Storm. That's who it is. We have Storm as well. Um, more guests coming soon. That's in September. We have a website for that, uh, uncannyexperience.com. You can find it in my link tree on my Instagram at Michelle Waffolo. Uh, and then Justin is also on Instagram as JT underscore Otero. I don't post a lot, but I'm there. Yeah, he's there. <laughs> um, I talk a lot. Justin doesn't, unless he's doing a panel or in person. We also have our joint account at Adventures in Geekdom, where we chronicle our toy hunting and comic book collecting adventures. And that's it. That's awesome. <laughs> um, and Rachel and Nathan, where can we find you guys? Uh, we're both on TikTok as The Favoring Wife and The Favoring Wind. Uh, He's The Favoring Wife. That's right. Uh, <laughs> I also have uh, The Favoring Wind on Instagram and Favoring Wind on Twitter and Oingo Babe on Instagram. We also have a couple short films in pre-production right now, so keep an eye out for those. Hopefully, we will actually have them shot relatively soon, uh, and probably some uh, self-published stuff hitting by the end of the summer, hopefully. So just a myriad of projects with no actual date in mind, but if you like horror or horror comedy or dark comedies, a lot of the projects are tending in those directions, so... Yeah, hopefully, hopefully there'll be something to share with everybody within a few months. Awesome. Awesome. Looking forward to it. Uh, thank you guys all for, for coming on. You guys are all awesome. I loved having you. Um, for anyone out there who has yet to follow the Keeg on all that stuff, uh, TikTok and Instagram are big ones at the Keeg show. Um, you can watch our live streams at Twit on Twitch or YouTube at uh, twitch.tv slash the Keeg show or youtube.com slash the Keeg show. We're also uh, have our podcast which is Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. So wherever you get your podcasts from, 
Uh, we have this show, which is the Keeg Talks. Uh, we got the Mandalorian season three after show that's coming out soon. And we have Comic Talk on Thursdays. Uh, but you can pretty much find out that schedule on Instagram uh, and or TikTok. If you follow us at the Keeg Show or slash the Keeg Show, wherever you get your uh, social media stuff from. Um, other than all that, uh, thank you guys so much for coming on. Thank you, everybody out there for listening. Um, I am your host, Demetri Pereira, and this has been the Keeg Talks Best Romances. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.